Thank you for listening to She's Got Drive, where black women talk about success and how they achieved it. Today, we have Nikki Bethel, who is CEO and president of the Emma Bowen Foundation. In this episode, we go back into the vault where we talk about love, we talk about our loss, and we talk about our work and our passion. This is a soul sister moment because there's such a powerful connection in the very first time that we meet. My name is Shirley McAlpine and welcome to She's Got Drive. Part of my discontent with the financial industry early in my career was that I felt like I had to be cookie cutter. Navy blue suit for me was better than the black. But you basic pumps, right? Right. No zhuzh. Outside of maybe jewelry and your shoes. Yeah. It was very bland. And then, had I only known that the media and entertainment industry paid as handsomely as the financial, I think I would have just skipped that experience entirely. I needed it. I needed it to learn the politics, which is what I learned to apply better here. Okay. But fashion-wise, I got here and was like, oh, oh I haven't been living. <laughs> That's entertainment company. Nikki Bethel is a dynamic, results-driven senior leader with over 20 years of experience in strategic planning, diversity, equity and inclusion, talent management, leadership development and public speaking. As president and CEO of the Emma Bowen Foundation, she's responsible for leading the development of the overall mission to prepare students of colour for the workforce and increase and sustain diversity in the media industry. Prior to being at Emma Bowne Foundation, Nikki was the Senior Vice President of Talent Management for HBO. We're just going to be in a conversation about okay. success and your okay. success and how you got to okay. hold the position that you've got and what's it like for you as a, as a black woman mm-hmm. in this space and mm-hmm. what have you learned and what <laughs> lessons can you share? Oh, I'm ready to share. Yeah. Now we have got... On, we've got to. Um, I can go a little bit longer if you can. As can I? Oh, can you? Okay, sure, cool. Sure. Excellent. The only other thing I've got on my agenda today is our gathering. Right? So. I'm so excited. And you look beautiful. Thank like, you, I, so I mean, you. this jewelry, the dress, the bell sleeves, the rings, bold. That is exactly what this called for. And that's statement. Well, yeah, I'm looking at you too. Right? This is what Great. This black de- excellence, right? Talk right. about devolution. Right. Right. Exactly <laughs> what we are doing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think, you know, um, we're not into the... Let's, I, we'll see. Yeah, I'm so blooming. let's just keep going. This is how we met. This is how, right. So then, the um, I think there is something that about black women and how they show up mm-hmm. and in their beauty and their greatness and their expression around their clothing and stuff like that. It's, don't you think? I completely agree and I'll do you one better. Part of my discontent with the financial industry early in my career Ugh. was that I felt like I had to be cookie cutter. Right. Navy blue suit for me was better than the black, but you basic pumps, right? Right. No zhuzh, outside of maybe jewelry and your shoes. Yeah. It was very bland. And then, had I only known that the media and entertainment industry paid as handsomely as the financial, I think I would have just skipped that experience entirely. I needed it. I needed it to learn the politics, which is what I learned to apply better here. Okay. But fashion-wise, I got here and was like, oh, oh I haven't been living. <laughs> this is entertainment company, like my colleagues, women of color coming in with blonde hair, coming in with braids down their back, like, Everything goes here right. in a way that in the financial industry, it just doesn't. More buttoned up, 
and reserved. So to be in this environment meant like, oh, I can bring more of my true self yeah. to this place and it's okay. Yeah. Which is why I've stayed here for 16 years. Yeah, wow. Well, the thing is, if more people knew that, yeah. that they would, it's about finding your place oh. as well. You know, and it isn't that we don't have challenges, but I, I hear, I remember when so many times when it, because I've been a facilitator, coach, mm -hmm. consultant for 20 years, mm -hmm. right? Um, 30 years, but in my own entity for 20 years, right? And so... Like you're not old enough to have done this for 20 <laughs> or 30 years, okay? Okay. We do say black We do. I, clearly. Black doesn't crack. What? Um, yeah, so I'm 51. Yeah, I'm 51. What? Yeah. So the gray hair isn't just no, kind of stuff. you understand. Yeah. When we met, that was what, mm, two, two weeks, weeks ago? ago? I thought like you were maybe right out of school. No way! That you no had way. this podcast, yeah. and that like it completely made sense. Your energy, you had the top knot, like how you moved. I, and you know, I have to catch myself because at forty-two, I don't know how I feel when people say to me, "You know, you don't look forty-two. There's nothing about your energy." Right. I'm kind of like, but what does that mean? So right. I don't mean anything backhanded at all. Right. But like, what? Yeah. Oh, no, such a, no, where I had you. It's just really And I funny. did my due diligence. Like, <laughs> after we met, like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to sit with this woman. Like, I loved her energy. Let me do a little homework about her. I don't know that I, I looked for, oh, that's so fascinating, facts per se about you as much as I wanted to get a sense of your energy. Okay. I wanted to get a sense of your work and what you do and how you connect with people. So the thought about, like, where you are in life. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah. And what? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. The women so in your the, family must. Yeah. The my yes. My mum unfortunately passed away last year. Oh. But this is her at oh. 70, oh. 70. Wow. Hold on. Let me just clear that. Your mom and my mom passed away. We're about the same age. She was so she was good. Would have been seventy four, yeah. Mm -hmm. And my dad, my look dad's, but yeah. Wow. So look at that. How recent was that? You said last June. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, sorry to hear that. You're yeah. part of an exclusive and private club. Yeah. People don't really understand when your mom passes away, regardless as to the relationship. But like right. mine was my best friend. Right. The vehicle by which I got here is no longer. There's yes. A, there's a, yes. there's a, oh, you're going to make me cry. I'm so, oh, I'm so no, sorry. No, it's okay. I'm still mourning mine. And yeah. even though I was five months pregnant, that was in 2013. Oh. I know it's 2019. I should be. No, there I is should, no I should. I just, I don't know even what Evolve looks like around mourning for moms. Right. And then my dad died two years later. Obviously emotional, but just not, not quite the same as when it's your mom. Right. So I have yet to. Because I was pregnant, I feel like mentally, emotionally, I haven't quite fully mourned. Right. Because I needed to be in yeah, experience for Sydney. I yeah. needed to be ensure that, like, she was having a good experience. So right. that was my priority. But when you just said that and you showed me the photo, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, um, so I was listening to another podcast the mm. other, by um, Adjoa, you know, the model girls talk and she had one on grieving mm -hmm. and um she had a counselor on that one in that conversation on grieving there was a number of people one of the things that she described was like i think it was the counselor was saying it grief is like um 
like there's a hole that gets created when that person passes. Mm -hmm. And as you move away from the time when it happens, the hole actually doesn't get smaller. No. You just start to build your around life around it. the hole. And I thought that was the best description. Agreed. Because when you get present, when you're in the beginning, you're present to the loss all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like all the time, every all like the every, every second, second is yeah. like, oh my god. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. there are moments like today. One of the things I brought with me was a dress that I wore to mom's funeral, and mm -hmm. I love my dress. It's a Roxanne dress. It's stunning. I so I had it there, and I had this dress mm -hmm. hanging in my hotel room. And I grabbed the dress, and I looked at it, and I thought, I can't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm today because yeah I just can't wear this today yeah, yeah. and so yep. that's the moment where the whole is present like the moment the holes present now that's as right. we speak Absolutely. but and then there's other times where that holes not present but yeah. the size of the hole is still, still the same size yeah. there's just something about the person who mm -hmm. carried you knows you no one no one who holds no, you down you, unconditionally right. no matter what you do no right. matter what you say has your back you never have to question their loyalty. You don't have to question that the counsel and advice that they're giving you is somehow loaded or no, no, no agenda. agenda. You it's are just a, their agenda, right? Just you for you. Now you may not agree with you, and nine out of right, I should <laughs> say nine out of ten times, but there will be moments that you don't. You don't agree, but you'll. But you know it's coming being from honest and yeah, from a place of love. Right, exactly, exactly. Ooh, I can find myself on the train, having a memory, a flashback and start crying and I'm so thankful that I've typically had shades on <laughs> right. so then I can just have that moment and, and no one know and there is something therapeutic about being on a train with strangers yes right you don't right. know me from a can of paint I don't know you and I'm having a moment yeah and y'all don't care because this is New York <laughs> right. so I can be having a meltdown right here yes yeah. I am I'm and people always sit around and you and you're around me smiling at me and I'm probably smiling back that is that's the fun. So I, I appreciate you sharing. Yeah, thank you. Like it is a it is a it's an exclusive close call. It's a, it is and I'm and I appreciate when people say things even like, you know, um, I know how you feel. You don't. Cuz unless your mom has passed, you, you don't. don't. And I appreciate that you want to. And you know what? I also want to admit for myself that I remember there's an in one of the interviews Robin Dunn um, she's the um, she's the one who actually turned hip hop street dance into like on into like mainstream dance. She's one of the key of like a founding choreographer. She's awesome. She she's at Alvin Ailey. She does a um, work at Alvin Ailey and mm -hmm. does other work. She lost her mum, and so she shares about that. And that was in twenty when she shared about it. It was in twenty seventeen. She was one of my early um, interview. Is. And because I'd lost my dad by that point, I thought I understood what she was talking about. Now, I love dad and I, the loss is, the loss is still there and oh, it's still absolutely. big, right? Absolutely. But it's different. And I thought I understood. And you know what? <laughs> Last year, I really got what she was talking, talking about. about. And I thought I got it. Mm -hmm. You know, but I really got it last year. I got what she was talking about. And until that moment, I didn't get it. I thought I did. And I think that's probably how most people feel. Right. And now you know. 
it's so and different even when i meet women whose moms passed away when they're teenagers my heart breaks for them because <sighs> my heart was broken and i was what 37 right i felt selfish and sometimes i still feel very selfish i had her at least till i was 37 I always thought I'd have her well into my 60s right. and that I would be visiting her in a nursing home right. or that she would be living with me because we would have a daughter-mom home. Like yeah. those attached houses. Exactly like, right. Yeah, the fantasy right. that I had in my head is not quite how it played out. And I've really had a charmed life. Like, God has been very good to me. I've been spiritually based from day one. I'm not religious in the sense of I don't tote the Bible. I'm not going to quote chapter and verse. Right. But I'm very spiritually based and I was angry with God for a very long time that how could you have allowed me all of these blessings? How selfish is that? Even mm. as I say it out loud. Mm. But the headspace that I was in at the time, I was very upset with him. Like, why would you do that? And I'm five months pregnant. And she's my everything. And I want her to be my daughter's everything. Right. And this is the woman that I mimic. Like, I do everything in spirit of her. How could you take her now? So I was very angry with God for a very long time. Yeah. But I appreciate that that was even in that moment me being selfish yeah right well that's a to even to be able to look at it in that way it's a question i think the question about i mean if there's something that has challenged my faith Mm. it's been through losing my parents Mm -hmm. you know and both um just both through cancer Mm -hmm. same here both through cancer my dad was colon cancer my mum was brain cancer my dad was a year my mum was six weeks what it's i listen six weeks six weeks for six weeks from the point of I'm being told of no six weeks from the point of something's up with mum oh four weeks from the point of diagnosis and it was like fast and furious Fast and furious. I thought six months. See, this is what I mean by way of you just don't know, right? Six months for me with my mom, but I would have thought we had long, we had we had time, right? Chemo, right? There are right. things to be done now, right? Like we can fix these things, or we can at least prolong, right? Four weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for this church and therapy early in the morning. Because I think about her every day, as I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good cry is good. It's healthy. Yeah. I'm glad I brought my makeup with me in my bag, too. <laughs> I'm glad my I didn't touch put mine up on makeup. <laughs> because. This isn't what I thought we were talking about. Oh. But I'm feeling... Obviously, today was a day Ooh, to talk. Yes, today, Valentine's Day, a day of love. Valent- oh, my God. Right, a day of love. If, if we're going to go with the fantasy version of Valentine's Day and not the the more factual version of right. Valentine's Day. Yeah. <sighs> and the, today, we... The other thing is... <clears throat> Um, do you know what I'm feeling like I'm just gonna this is one of the we're just gonna pub, we're gonna roll with this um, absolutely they're gonna publish this this week is um, the other thing is today so we're gonna go to the Apollo we're gonna go to Dining with the Divas and it's such a space of celebration of women yeah. 
and celebration of black women. And um, I have the chills as you're saying it. You know, it really is. And so it's perfect that we're sharing about our mothers. Because it started there. How how I learned to love, (laughs) how I've learned to be the executive that I am today, where I lead with my head and my heart, and from a place of transparency, even when it hurts me. Right. That's all Phyllis and Arrington. Right. First, I want to give a shout out and send lots of love to all my listeners who have supported me with growing the show. And the way to grow the show is to share the show. If you could think about someone in your life who you believe would benefit from listening to the amazing women who I get to interview and the tools and approaches that I share with you on She's Got Drive that would help them transform their lives, then please find that person in your contacts and share an episode of She's Got Drive with them today. The other thing that I would love you to do is if you head over to iTunes and if you could rate and review the show, this is critical to having us grow the show and expand the She's Got Drive platform. Thank you so much. And let's get back to the interview. Oh, to you, mommy. What is your mom's name? Anna Clitter. Anna Clitter. Yeah. Yeah. They're in here with us. They're and totally. I believe that when I walk anywhere, especially during challenging times, the blessing in all of this, which is how I learned to forgive God, and then I guess forgive myself for being upset with God. Mm-hmm. She's able to do more. They are able to do right. more for I do, us where funny. they are just so, than, yes. when, than, than them being on the ground. Yeah. And so they guide us in ways that yeah. sometimes we may make decisions we don't understand where or why yeah. or how or when. We just go with the spirit. That's that's the elders in my mind guiding me. And when I'm having moments, whether career-driven, personal, husband, children, ah, I get centered and I call on the ancestors. And then I'm cooler than a cucumber. Yes, um, I I have I'm with you on that. Uh, you know, so the I mean, in the transition around grief, um, mm-hmm. like after Christmas, a moment where I just thought I just can talk to her. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just let me just talk to her, and mm-hmm. and so now I have conversations with mum. Conversations with conversations mom. with mum, right? <laughs> when it's like conversations with God by yes. David. Donald oh, yes, yes, yes. Walsh, That's right. Neil, something, isn't it? Donald Neil Walsh. Oh, I haven't read that book for ages. That's a, that'd be a good book to read. Um, I haven't read that. Do you remember when everyone was reading conversations? Everybody, Everybody was reading conversations. I if that was on Oprah's like best favorite list. It was like there was a time <laughs> with everybody, but that was ages ago. I remember I was in Miami re- and I was in it, found it in a bookshop. So that was like 1997. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That I am that old people. I am that old. So <laughs> oh. I am that old. Um, yeah. So conversations with mum. That's the, the conversations are in those moments where, you know, I have to say, like, if it's a moment with my husband or a moment with my children, I come and I go, "Oh, mum, now I, I totally get it." Now I what? Or I say, "I'm really sorry yeah. that we yeah. didn't see." Yeah that Just. you gave that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. no you're right. or like i've had so many conversations <laughs> like that like <gasps> or where you say you know what sorry sorry that i didn't understand and appreciate when you come home from work that you need a minute yes because i hate <laughs> when they hear the key in the door 
they're already on me. And I'm like, I, I just need a minute. Right. And she used to say that. I just want to take my coat off. Before you go into, you launch into your day, I just need a minute. Right. Oh, I appreciate that. Now. Right. You know what else I appreciate? Women who work full-time jobs and then have families at home. That version of nine to five and then the five to nine. Yeah. Yeah. And being exhausted. And being exhausted. I used to, when I was younger, I used to think, why is my mom want to go to sleep at half past eight? I don't get it. Because I had no idea. I love, if, I love the nights when I go, everyone's in bed by nine. You know why? Because I'm going to bed tonight. I can't. I just need to sleep. And they go, what do you mean? Honor, you need to get your homework done, Mm -hmm. my darling. Mm -hmm. Because... Mm -hmm. We are going to bed. That's right. I'm going to bed and I need to know that you're asleep before I go to bed. For other things, we have to plan for that. So I love that you're like, that's it. Kitchen closed. No more advice being given. Doctor went home for the night. (laughs) Right? right. Like, therapist is not here. We are all going to bed. We're going to bed. We are going to bed. Because I'm done. Done, done, and done. I can't. There's nothing left. There's absolutely nothing left. There's nothing left. I think the other thing, my mum never really... One thing that I do that... Like, so this trip to New York, this work trip, I'm staying an extra day. And the extra night is so that I'm not running home after working tomorrow and getting back at late and then into the weekend and with all that that brings... I'm just like, I just need to wake up mm-hmm. without having to. I just need to, like, rest. Yeah. And my mom never did that. Did that. She didn't carve out time for herself. Mm-mm. But that's part of self-care. Right. Right? In order for us to be the super women that we are and to keep that S on our chest. Right. With no pressure. Other people p- can put it on you. They can project that onto you without us accepting that. I'm talking about what makes us feel like superwoman. It's the massages every other week, right? It's right. the acupuncturist that's in the building here. Yeah. Right? There's the, I like to shop. Clearly, you like jewelry. Yes. Right? You like fashion. Yeah. We like to take care of ourselves. Uh, we have to carve out the time. And I don't think that that's what is always modeled for us with the next the generation I should say ahead of us that I think we have to be mindful that we're always watching someone's always watching us exactly so even on the self-care what do we do to balance the the craziness of it all yeah we have to take care of ourselves and figure out our our quiet space to go in yeah and, and so me, I, teaching I, our children yeah. that is you're right it's 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 critical i need to t- we, we're just going to keep the tissues nearby right for multiple reasons, we never know where this conversation's gonna go. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I, I'm loving Nikki. No, well, your I'm loving your energy two weeks ago. Like, I'm an energy person. I, one of my favorite books is The Celestine Prophecy. My oh, mom, oh, everybody, do you remember right? when everybody no, was reading, was the, reading Celestine the Celestine Prophecy? Prophecy? If you haven't, this is another thing, these books go in such cycles, they so. do, and I read it. Probably like every other year. Oh, really? To remind myself that I have an energy field. And that I want my energy field to truly be reflective of me, which means I need to be self-reflective. So I'm I'm my biggest critic. But I know, excuse my French, I know what my shit is. (laughs) I'm very aware of my shit. 
And I work on it. And I think we have to be vulnerable about it. And so even like proactively speaking, my husband and I went to Imago Therapy. What's Imago Therapy? So Imago Therapy Mm. is where you sit with a partner, however, work partner, relationship partner. You sit across from your partner Mm -hmm. and you, you set up, you actually set up an appointment to talk to them. You ever hear men have a reaction when we do a version of we need to talk? Right. It's it's translation for like, oh, Oh, yeah, we're about to do that right now. Right. So I had to learn in Imago therapy that you have to ask for permission, basically, to give someone feedback. Yes. And you have to ask for permission because you don't know what headspace they're in and you don't know how they're receiving it because we're not always mindful of the way in which we deliver messages. Yes. Imago therapy teaches you to listen, actively listen to your partner in quiet. And I have a tendency for a variety of reasons. There's what I hear, mm-hmm. and then there's how it gets translated. Right. And in Imago therapy, you have to repeat what your partner says to you verbatim back to them to ensure A, clarity, and B, they have to validate for you that you expressed it in the very same way that they meant it. Yes. Right? That's yes. intent versus impact. Yeah, exactly. How many of us are mindful of that? Well, you know, it's so... That's the kind of stuff we do in training programs on leadership. We do. Right? Because that's the work we do. Right. But then... You're right. That ability to, and then we do. Listen, my husband's a consultant. We have a great marriage. We we have our communication. Right. Is great. <laughs> However, sometimes it's not. That's the truth. And that's but that's real. Hello. Right. But I'm loving this. That's real. More structured. It's it has to be structured because I'm an extrovert and my husband's an introvert. He's okay. an Aries and I'm an Aquarius and I'm all. I'm an Aquarius. Oh my god! When is your birthday? Second of February. <gasps> Happy birthday! Thank you. I'm on Sunday. Oh, <laughs> that is why you see yeah we so when i talk we about see. energy right so prophecy this is the energy my husband is the yin to my yang and i realize that we communicate well too and i'll tell you our style of communication maybe for someone else no we go at it we it's a healthy we don't pull any punches we're allowed to deliver the message in the moment and forgive in the moment because mm-hmm. it's just how it needed to be said. Right. And sometimes we have to forgive how we hear things. I have to know at, at oh, the core. Oh, say that again. <sighs> that is gold. Sometimes we have to forgive how we hear things. We have to assume good faith. We have to assume grace. And when you're angry, that's not, sorry, but that's not the default. You don't default to give grace. You, you don't default to, I am hearing you differently. Right. There's what you're saying. And there's how I'm, I'm receiving it. Exactly. It's how I'm filtering it. In Imago Therapy, you're not allowed to do that because you, you filter. And we have, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's all of, we're we're the sum total of our experiences. Right. It's all the things that made us who we are is what we're filtering through when people say things to us. So when exactly. we say you hurt my feelings, I had to learn Richard didn't mean to hurt my feelings. Right. He was just being honest. And if I can get past while we're working on it, if I can get past his delivery of said message and just hear the message. Right. I can do that now. Right. Early on, we were like two bulls. 
he's assertive and aggressive, but introverted. I'm assertive and aggressive and I lean in and I'm an extrovert and I have high energy. So my shit looks like, right. but he has a roar too. It just shows up differently. You don't know you've been cut until you walk away. With me, you see the knife cut. Right. In therapy, we learned how to use, don't change. Because that's what ultimately the rawness about you is what I love. Mm -hmm. So if you change that, thinking that you're accommodating me, now you're no longer the person that I actually love and like because you're turning into someone you think I want. No, I want you to be you. I just want you to flex for me. Right. And not always. Because that's not real. But if we're mindful of it, which is what Imago Therapy does. So I bring that to work. And I, I practice the things that my husband tells me because I know the further up the food chain you go, people don't give you feedback. I know. And I ask for it. doesn't matter. It's a power dynamic. You hope they your don't. peers will tell you. They don't. Because they deliver it in fear. other ways. Ah. By ah. the time they're delivering it. It's too late. And and at times, depending on how it lands on you, if you don't have trust, if I'm not clear around your intent, I don't know that I'm listening. Mm. So then either way, I'm losing out. Whereas I know at home, much like we talked about with our moms, my husband gives it to me straight, no chaser. And there are moments where I have to heal and go in the corner and lick my wounds. <laughs> but you know what? I needed to hear it. And who else is going to tell me my mom is not here? My right. dad is not here. Right. My husband will tell me. For better or worse, he will tell me. And then I come to work and I kind of test it out. So sometimes to get the feedback, you have to actually tell people the things that you know you need to work on and then see their reaction to that. Yes. That's <laughs> yeah. where you'll know in the reaction like, I wanted to take a moment to share with you my gratitude journal, which is 30 days of gratitude, making every day count. It's a reflective gratitude journal for women. It's aimed to enrich your life as you go through the next 30 days. And the quotes and pieces of wisdom on each page are there to enjoy and to speak to you each and every day. The practice of gratitude is there. The aim of this journal is to help you to develop this as a daily practice of focusing on things in your life that you appreciate. The simple process of writing down three things that you are grateful for every morning allows you to start your day in a positive place. When you start a practice of gratitude, it can have such a profound effect on your mental, emotional and physical well-being as well as a, an increase in the happiness in your life. The practice of gratitude has been scientifically proven to improve our sleep, our relationships, our sense of self, and our mental well-being. And also in the journal, there's a practice of daily setting daily intentions. When we set daily intentions, it can support you with setting a pathway for each day. Setting your intention will give you focus, setting you on the right direction for the day, and with daily intentions, you are more likely to take an, the action and have the state of being that matches your intention, leaving you with a feeling of greater satisfaction with, with you achieving what you want in your day. The power of intention is a focused mind. So the 30 Days of Gratitude, Making Every Day Count, is available on Amazon.com on the She's Drive journals 
page the link is in the show notes so click the link it's like six dollars something like that and then take on a daily practice you will see that i've already started to post my daily practice on my instagram page so you can do it together so order your 30 days of gratitude making every day count um, and let's see what positive effect it can have in your day. But I also try to surround myself both at work. I've got great girlfriends at work. I've got great colleagues at work. I try to surround myself with people who are going to be honest with me because of the work that I do. Yeah. Right? Like we do development. Yeah. We both do. Yeah. If I don't have my finger on the pulse of what's happening here in a real way, then how am I really developing people? And if I can't be vulnerable and I'm overseeing the space that I'm asking other leaders to be vulnerable around, like it's one thing to say it. I prefer to model it. Exactly. But to be fair, I've also had mm, very strong (laughs) leaders who've modeled for me that it's okay to be vocal. It's okay to take risks. Calculated risk, but risk nonetheless. Mm -hmm. It's okay. But if someone's not modeling that for you, where do you learn that? Exactly. Sounds like we had good role models both at home. And at work. And at work. Yeah. And that's why I tell you that I feel like I've really had a charmed life. Right. I've had great experiences, even the ones that I would consider, I I would prefer not to have that experience again. (laughs) I needed it because it helped me become the me that I am right now. Why I enjoyed your energy when we first met, you just seemed very, what you see is what you get. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But the warmth, and you walked in with warmth, and... What I've learned in my 42 years with women, in particular black women, so I'm about to say something that can be a little controversial, but I learned this from my mother. Being fair, the color complex in the black community, the way we hurt each other, mm-hmm. it, it tears us up inside. Right. And then how we show it with each other, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. There's been so much, um, there's been so much that we've experienced as people of color that I think there's an assumption to some degree that we are all having the same experience. Right. And I often struggle with here at work in a corporate setting, where do I begin and end relative to my community here? Mm. And I want to be honest, I have multiple communities here. And sometimes I think there's an assumption that I'm supposed to continually just pour into one community per se. Yeah. Where I feel like how I get my energy and my drive is by pouring into multiple communities. And I try to get people to get beyond black and white. It's so much more textured than that. (laughs) Yes. Right? But there's something about the world we're living in today and the Trumpian world what you see outside, what you manage inside, when we tell people, leave your baggage at the door, is that even possible? So in the development space we're in, if I can't be self-reflective, if I can't know what's going on on the outside and figure out a way to bring it on the inside, Mm -hmm. what are we doing? So then I feel like I'm like Sybil sometimes. (laughs) A little schizo. Because I believe in, we have different audiences here. In order for me to connect with people, I have to figure out where they are and meet them where they are. Yeah. Especially if I want to take them on a journey. Then I got to go wherever wherever that is. I've got to go there and then build trust. But that started for me at home, the negotiating, how to negotiate, how to use affection 
in an appropriate way. Well, yeah, of course. Back to vulnerabilities yeah. in the workplace. These days it's harder because of what's going on outside. How do you bring that inside? How do you ask leaders to be vulnerable about things that, shit, I'll use myself. There are subjects we're talking about at work now in the spirit of being vulnerable mm -hmm. that my grandmother, I am positive she's rolling around in her <laughs> ashes. You don't talk about race. You don't talk about religion. Right. You don't talk about politics. That's not for work. But it's 2019. Yeah. How do you not? How can we not talk about it? And if we're broken on the outside, what makes us think that we don't bring that in into work, our community? Yeah, in working in the spaces that anywhere that we anywhere anywhere that we anywhere are anywhere we enter. Right. Right. So I so hmm, back to Celestine prophecy. You and I meeting wasn't. It was not an accident. No. I would say it was serendipitous. <laughs> it wasn't even that. Our steps were already ordered. This was destined for you to be here two weeks later for our Diva luncheon, right? <laughs> the timing of that, my joining the board, my mentor, Lisa Kiros, who was our chief diversity officer for Time Warner for years. This was her board seat with the Apollo. Mm. Back to mentorship, right? Back yeah. to things just don't happen by chance. It's, this was meant to be. So I don't take any of my experiences for granted. I wake up every day and I'm like, all right, God, what you got good for me? <laughs> because I, I believe there's all, he's always talking to us. Yeah, I, yeah yes. We, it's like, um, oh God, this is so much. I'm loving, I feel like we should be, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this is so wonderful. You know, in terms, my faith is that God presents us with opportunities, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's our ability to see That's right. the opportunities and do something and do something with, with it. it. And and there are times when an opportunity, many opportunities, presented itself to us that I didn't see, you know, and um, mm. and mm -hmm. so and to know that and 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 oh. if if we stand in that place, then it means that once I'm able to see the, the next opportunity, you'll just see the next opportunity. It's always coming. It's always coming. It's always coming. It's just that you can't see it yet. And so when, like when I work with my clients, you know, okay, I have one client, he keeps going, it's all you, Shelley says, no, it's not all me, it's all you. My work with you is so you can see you, but it's you. I'm not doing anything to you. Mm -hmm. There's not, I'm not like, mm -hmm. I mean, no. really, I mean, no, my, yeah. my box of tools are even, in, you can't see my toolkit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, you're absolutely right. And so, Ooh, that's such a good you get to see, you, it's yeah. about giving yourself access to seeing who you are so that you can see the opportunities that are always there in front of you. Yeah. What that reminds me of is, how do we get out of our own way? Yes. And how do we stop blocking our blessings? Yeah. Because I know we do it all the time because we're not able to sit still all day. So things are happening around us that we don't even realize. Right. If we could elevate 
and look down and go, oh. But that's part of that's part of the journey. Yeah. Well, that's even one of the skills that we 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 would teach people is, you know, when we're talking about self awareness. If people want to know how do I get access to seeing more of how I'm being in life, is you learn the skill to like, to be like your third the third eye. That's you right. are literally slowing it down to observe yourself in life. That's right. That's one of my first like mm -hmm. assignments for my clients so your assignment is to to see yourself this week and observe yourself in life being you and seeing how you show up in the different spaces and it's as if you're a fly on the wall and so if you can have moments of pausing as if you're a fly on the wall looking at what at where you are you and the other person so as if we can stop and look at ourselves what would we see about ourselves and that is I mean that's the first assignment and then people come back and go oh you know, confident. I was with that person, yes. I was with that person. And you can sense yes. the different you that shows up when, yes. so there's us. Yeah. And then before I'm talking to Angela and there was whatever dyad came was between myself yes. and Angela, but it wasn't you and me. No. No. And then you might say, well, look, Shirley, look, I'm just going to take you up to, and you throw me in a room mm -hmm. full of people that I don't know, mm -hmm. I've never met, mm -hmm. and they may be scary to me. Mm -hmm. And then I, I turn into something else. Something and then I walk away going, who was that? Where did Shirley go? You know? So you can observe yourself. Ooh. And then you can start to understand more of who you are. And uncover your triggers along the way. Right. Right? Right. What were those moments where I was uncomfortable? What were right. those moments where I felt, whether I had done it to myself or something that someone had done to me, where are the moments where I feel lesser than? Right. Right. What's that about? What's that? Who And, and who's in the room at the time? The yes. And what happened? What was said? What body language gave me some indication that I should start thinking insecurely right. about myself? Right. Yeah. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. You can see we covered so much and I'd be curious to hear what you got from, you know, I always want to hear from you. But I, you know, I want to get a sense of what are you taking away from this episode, which, you know, it's kind of like you observing the conversations with two sister friends. Really, it feels like to me, that's kind of what I was left with. So, you know, get in contact with me, contact me on my Instagram account, the Shirley McAlpine, or you can go to the Facebook page. You can contact me there, send messages there. Um, you know, you could always email me on my on my website, Shirley McAlpine dot com forward slash contact me and um and i'll love 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 to hear from you she's got drive is produced by cassandra voltolina the music is by the awesome or female band blonde the song is called circles thank you so much for listening until next time go well and stay well <laughs>